0: Good morning, Open Church and Dola. How are we all doing? Not too bad. It's a privilege and honor for me to be here. Thank you for having me. I feel at home. I feel welcomed. And uh, I think I have something, or I know that I have something on my heart that God wants to reveal, hopefully to every one of us today. So is that all right? It's cool. For those who don't know me, I am uh, married to Sarah. The 8th wonder of this world, there are 7 natural wonders, the uh, wonder number 8, I know you have uh, one of the natural wonders here in Zambia, Victoria Falls, so uh, Sarah, she's beautiful, we have been married to each other for 15 years, I can't believe it, I thought I got married to her yesterday, but uh, when I look at my 4 kids, I know that is not uh, really happening, Uh, so we have uh, 3 boys and 1 girl, um, we got them really fast. So we uh, had them in five years. No twins in between. Yeah. So they are from uh, 11 to six years old. Yeah. So uh, my background is that uh, I'm a social worker by education. I've been a pastor also. And now I'm leading Euroclass. And uh, I've made a really Uh, courageous decision with my um, spouse because uh, we looked at each other last summer and we said to each other, I think it's time for a change. Uh, I've been working with Euroclass for this summer uh, 15 years in total. So uh, we agreed on that because God has been speaking to us Yes, he's been speaking to us. He is speaking to us all the time. Uh, So uh, we made the decision to say to my boss and the chairman of the board, this is going to be the last year for me leading Euroclass. My wife is also working there as a teacher. So after summer, we don't know anything about what is going to happen. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) Some say we are a bit stupid, but here we are. We feel it's right and uh, we have peace inside of us. Um, what is coming up next? We don't know. Uh, and that is uh, something uh, that is on my heart that I want to share about also when we l- look into this great subject, naturally supernatural, and, and that's uh, about waiting. For my life, I'm waiting. We are waiting right now. And uh, I don't know how, it ha- how you have it with this phrase wait upon the Lord. It's a good phrase, right? But I'm really terrible in waiting on him. But of course, you don't have a problem with that. Or how is it? You know, if we have to be honest, and let us be honest here today, we don't like waiting on things, right? And and when you look up, upon life, there are two sorts of waiting there is the waiting where we know where it ends. So, if for example a woman gets pregnant, we know around nine months. That's a problem if it comes up to 15 months, right? Yeah. You know, if you have a problem with one of your teeth or so on, that when you have an appointment with the dentist next week, then he will fix it. Hopefully. Uh, you know that, uh, okay. Uh, this time will end uh, in waiting for. Uh, am I coming into this education or not? Because I will get a reply around this date. So that kind of waiting is is good enough. It's, it's okay. Do we agree here? That's one kind of waiting. Then you have another kind of waiting where you don't know where it ends. It's like ah. It is terrible being in that kind of waiting position where you don't know when is something happening here. And do you know there's a lot about this in the Bible? Possibly that's because the Bible is with so many pages in it because there's a lot of waiting there, right? There's a lot of waiting in the Bible. And sometimes with waiting on God, for him to interfere into our life and come up with the next thing for us. To live in this dimension of being in a natural, supernatural position. Yeah. It's not always easy. And uh, maybe, maybe we feel like it's, it's actually something that the, the enemy is causing, you know. So sometimes we think, when we are in the waiting position, it's like, it comes from the enemy. Maybe sometimes it does, but maybe not. Maybe God just keep you hanging there, waiting, waiting, waiting. And that's not easy. Or is it? It's not easy. But God, he can learn us so much through the waiting and um, let us turn into the scriptures now, because let's look on Acts chapter 1, verse 3 to 8. I've come to this time in my life where I don't know if I had to have the glasses on or off. Now it's off. This is better. It is well-known verses. And it says like this. How come that we think we should know everything about God's timing when Jesus is saying here to his disciples that had followed him for many years, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority? Isn't that an interesting thought? We live in a culture where everything has to be here and now, it needs to be instant. For example, where I come from, my teenagers at Euroclass, they are really terrible to be around if the Wi-Fi is not good enough. We, we want things here and now because that's, that's how we are created. We are not good in waiting. But when it comes to living in the supernatural, in a natural way, waiting is good for us and something good can come out of it because it creates character. And here Jesus is saying, Wait in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. And we know that event here is, is, is changing the whole scene around Jesus and is changing the history. And when they are asked the disciples to wait in Jerusalem, they don't know how long they should be waiting there. But he just gives them this promise. He gave them a promise wait here until you receive power from on high. How come so many times we end up going in front of God? We don't like the waiting, we want it here and now, so we start doing things on our own. Friends, brothers, and sisters, sometimes we just need to wait until we receive the power. To see the supernatural things happening around us. Sometimes we take the way we live our own life, our daily life, and put it into the life with God. And it doesn't fit. Because we want things here and now. I am a coffee craver. I like coffee very much. This morning we didn't have coffee in our guest house. It was not good for me. But uh, we'll have coffee during the day. Uh, We know with coffee... Oh, I know with coffee, there are different opinions here, that instant coffee is alright, it's okay. Are there some coffee cravers here? Some who really like coffee? I see you have a coffee arrangement, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking about showing up actually, because it's coffee there. <laughs> I'm back in Denmark at that time, so it, wouldn't, it will not happen. Anyway, instant coffee is good enough. But I have a brother, he's uh, educated as a barista. So he knows to, to make really, 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 really good coffee. And when he makes good coffee to his big brother, it takes a while. I'm waiting for it. But when the coffee comes, heaven comes down to me. It's like, wow, God, now I know why you created coffee beans this way. Now I know that something good can come out of waiting this coffee is heaven Someone who knows what I'm talking about here? Yes. Good coffee takes a while. But when it comes, thank God. Here we find the disciples left in their waiting position. And they must have felt weird in that situation. So, the prophets has been speaking about Jesus should go to heaven and then the Holy Spirit should come. They knew all this. They had walked together with Jesus for around three years. They have seen all the signs, wonders and miracles. They have seen that Jesus, he was the son of God, that he came to seek and save what was lost. They experienced all this and then they are left on their own in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a nice place, but they are left there and Jesus is saying, wait. What will be a typical question to ask then, for how long, Jesus? You are the Son of God, please tell us. You know we are really good friends. Can you please tell me how long I'm going to wait for? Yeah, I can tell you. Until you receive power from on high. Thank you, Jesus, for nothing. Can you follow me? Can you see yourself here? I can. Peter, you just wait. Yeah, but how long? Until I tell you to. Okay, and when is that? I won't tell you. Thank you, Jesus. Wait until you receive power from on high. There is something about waiting here that we need to know about. Jerusalem is something special, of course. But what becomes Jerusalem for the disciples when they're gathered there for, they think they were there around 10 days before the Holy Spirit came? Jerusalem becomes a meeting place for them to meet with the Father in heaven. And I think they felt terrible on the way to receive the Holy Spirit from on high. If they were just like us, they would have asked a lot of questions during that time while they were waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. Do you think it's coming today? Are you also hungry? Do you think it's true what the prophets said? What about Jesus? Are we left on our own? You know, I think they have been full of doubts and fears while they were gathered there. The only thing they were left with was, wait until. So I think they learned a lesson during the days in Jerusalem. If we look towards the importance of Jerusalem, we know that it's the most common uh, city named in the Bible. Um, You find Jerusalem 811 times in the uh, the authorized uh, Danish translation, possibly the same in others. Uh, But the name of Jerusalem is not the only name for it. Uh, There are also other names that is the same as Jerusalem. You have, for example, Sion or Jebus. Jebus. And if we count them along, then you come up to uh, 987 times this place is mentioned in the Bible. That's something, right? So Jerusalem is something. It becomes something for the disciples while they're gathered there before the Pentecost arrives. Um, we know also that for the Jews, Jerusalem is also a holy city, and uh, for the Muslims, it's, it's the third holiest city. Um, so, so the the importance of Jerusalem is huge when you read the Bible. Um, so, so what is what is happening during the waiting while they are there? What is God trying to teach them? Let's let's look upon that now, because. I think that what God wanted to teach the disciples while they were waiting for the Holy Spirit to come, wait until, was to trust him more than what they did before. Why? Because the task they were left with was enormous. This is just one example of, you know, go into the world, preach the gospel, Um you have them also in, in, uh, in the Gospels. But if they should fulfill the task that Jesus had, had, had taught them about, go to the ends of the world, they needed to trust that they were capable of doing it. And maybe that was the lesson they learned while they were waiting until to receive the power to trust the Lord more. You know, sometimes it can be easy to trust ourselves and our own capacity and our own capability. A capability right we know what we can and i know i can do this i can do this i can do this and and i'm i'm pretty good at this not so good at this you have it the same way right you know what you can do out of your own strength right and if you are lucky or a bit clever than before maybe you can do something more we're not talking about having a low self-esteem here we're talking about trusting who we are in god i know i can do things Okay, you can do things. That's, that's a human dimension. But then when God's dimension interferes into our lives, there are no limits. Not at all. It's like everything is opening up for us. And where you saw yourself before, it's changing. So you see yourself showing up in circumstances and situations like, how did that How did that happen? It happened because something changed in your life. You you came from trusting yourself to trust God God for more. That is what is happening when we talk about that a supernatural life is, is, is hitting us. And we get the revelation of, hey, I'm called into a supernatural life also. You know, when, when, when I was a young man, I was so sick and tired of hearing all God's men coming to our home. They were very welcome, and, and I had good time together with them. But, but they spoke about when, when they were preaching and when they were sharing stories about all these great things they experienced. So I, I, I thought to myself, I want to experience the same things and even more than that. Is that a naughty thought? It was not that I didn't respect them or anything like that. It was more like, God, if you can use them like that, you can use me. If you can send them to these countries that where they have been, you can use me. There are no difference here. And I remember sometimes when, when those ministers, they were praying for us as family. I'm a pastor's kid, I confess. They laid their big hands on me. And I was just a small boy. Yeah, I have been small. And they prophesied, God is going to use you. He's going to send you to remote areas of this world. You're going to preach the gospel where it's hearts, ships, and blah, 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 all this, you know. And I was just like, yeah, right, 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 right. But what I was thinking inside of me, like, no, 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 no. That's not going to happen. It's easy for you to just come visiting us here, and then you give a lot of promises, you know. But at one time I realized, hey, I'm called also to live a supernatural life. What is natural for them and unnatural for me should be natural for me also. Because it's the same God we're talking about. The Holy Spirit is not, oh, it's you, I turn down the volume. or oh, it's you, I turn up the volume. The Holy Spirit has come upon all flesh. For all of us. And what, what it takes for us is trusting that it is for me. And just to give God opportunities to work with. So I decided in a young age, I'm going to take some steps of faith here. I share from my own life so you can, you can hear me today. So uh, I remember when I was... <laughs> Uh, taking my education as social worker. I, I didn't have the money for it, but I thought to myself, I want to I know more about God's power and about deliverance. So where can I know about that? Possibly Africa. Because you, ha- you have another environment here, and uh, yeah, it, it's just different from where I come from. So I booked a flight ticket uh, and, and uh, said to her team, I- I'm going to join you. So we went to Tanzania. And uh, we went there to join uh, an evangelist from Denmark called Egon Falk. Very funny name. They have an uh, organization called New Life Outreach. And they do big campaigns. So I went there and uh, the, the friends in my class, they said, why are you doing this? Because it's, it's very close up to the exam and you'll miss out on so many things. And I thought, like, I'm not going to miss out on anything. I'll, I'll be a good student. I'll do my stuff and so on. But what, what, what is there to be achieved is so much greater and so much more valuable for my future than sitting and reading books about this and that. It's not that I devaluate that. We have to be good in school, and I am. So uh, it was more like, there's, there's something that is calling on my attention here. So I went on this trip, and, and I learned a lot from it. I learned about deliverance, and I learned about how to move in the, the, the Holy Ghost power, and so on. So, and then I thought, so now I go back home, what is going to happen then? It's, it's, it's possibly going to be like before. No, it didn't went that way. Things has changed in, had changed in my life, because I I had get an understanding And a revelation of who God was. I I had seen him working through people and in people's life. And it did something to my faith. My my faith was stirred up. And I thought like, this dimension, this is also for me. So when I came back home to my youth group in Esbjerg at the west coast of Denmark. We uh, had the first youth meeting. I thought I I better share from, from my trip to Tanzania. And then I, I was very bold and courageous. And I, I, I was, you know, really preaching the best that I could and so on. And I thought, I'll do like what we did in Africa. We, we called people uh, to be prayed for. And then when, when they were standing there, the, the youngsters, we started to pray for them. And the Holy Spirit just fell. Boom! And one started to scream. One started to laugh. And, and it was just like, whoa, what is happening here? God showed up in my little life. Of course, there was also an an expectancy for God to meet people, but but there was a different atmosphere. There was another dimension. And uh, what I experienced was that a lot of my faith had been up here. I had a lot of knowledge, but there was... There was a dimension about the Holy Spirit's presence in my mind that I didn't realize was so strong that I've felt ever since. And uh, when I was a young man, I was also very shy. I was an introvert. Uh, when the girl said, hi, Peter, I, was just, I didn't know what to say and so on. And, and now I've, I counted the other week. And I was just thinking about this: how grateful I am to what God has been doing in in my life until now. So I counted all the countries I've been visiting, and I'm not a wealthy man at all. But I came up to over 50 countries I visited until now. And 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 I've been to places where I thought, like, what am I doing here? Where people they uh, said, "You need you need a bodyguard because this is a this is a difficult country." So. Even when I had to go to the restroom, the bodyguard followed me, and I thought, like, what am I doing here? <laughs> but, you know, great things happened. People gave their life to Christ. Miracles happened, and so on. And, and I'm, I'm not telling you this to, to boast or anything, but just to tell you that God can use a simple human being like you and me. I'm not more than you. I'm, I'm just like you, okay? I'm just like you. What it takes for us is to understand That God wants to use us, that there is so much more for us, that it is okay to wait. Because when the right timing is there, God is going to interfere into our life and He's going to pour out His blessing, His power in such a way that you haven't even believed it. We just have to create opportunities. And maybe that's the most difficult thing here is to create opportunities. The disciples, they believed that they were called to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. Nowadays, over 3 billion people on this earth are followers of Christ. So they believed it and they have done a great job, the disciples that went before us. Right? Yeah. Jesus left them, he went to heaven, he said, Now it's you. Were they good people? Not really. Not all of them. Some of them were not too good. There was uh, Judas, for example. Was that a good choice from Jesus' side? I don't think so. But still, there was God's heart, heart behind the calling like, I can also use you. And I can use you. Peter, who denied Jesus uh, three times, said, I don't know you. What well, Jesus saying to you, Peter... You are the rock. I will build my church on you. How can he say that when when Peter has denied Jesus? Because Jesus is looking through all that. All the things we mess up. All the things we do in our own strength. He can look through that and see the capacity and the calling. And he is also doing that here in Open Church today. What we start to do when God is calling us to live in the supernatural life in a natural way is that we we start with excuses right oh i do i can speak for myself b- but what about language and b- but what about finances and and what about this and what about that and it seems like god is just saying yeah but what about me what about me who's the most important thing and person in your life is it all your excuses all your Tell us that you don't think you have, but what about me? The disciples they have lived with Jesus for three years, and I I think they they had thought when they were preaching and teaching everywhere around, they were thinking about Jesus all the time. How how did he do it? What is he thinking about this? He was the role model, he was the master. And he gave them something that was supernatural to fulfill what he has called them to do, the Holy Spirit. We can achieve a lot of things in our own strength, but we don't come too far. And I promise you, it will not last. But when we receive the Holy Ghost power in our life, and we live in that dimension... It's not something that you go in and out of. It's something that is already there in your life. When you have received Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. And what it takes for us is to trust it, that there is more for us, and to open up for it. So what do I do for myself when I feel like I'm a bit down? I speak in tongues, in new tongues. And I listen to wonderful worship like we've listened to also today. That stirs me up. Maybe it's different for you, but you, you need to know what you can hang, hang on to when you are low in your life, and you think, "Oh, I can do it on my own." We cannot do things on our own. We cannot. We cannot. If Jesus had to wait 30 years until he started his ministry. Why do we have such a big problem with the waiting? We don't hear much about Jesus. We hear about his birth. We hear about him when he's 12 years old, teaching in the temple. And then, there's not much. He shows up because he had been waiting and trusting when he's around 30. And then, in three years' time, he changes everything around him everything he changed the world he changed you he changes me in three years time There's a lot of waiting in the bible and it is also the same thing if we look to abraham god promised abraham a child and abraham and sarah they had to wait for 25 years here you can talk about waiting, right? What if I told you today you have to wait for 25 years? You'll think like, I find another church. Where they say it's coming now. 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 now, 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 now. Sometimes it's coming here and now. Boom. But we cannot control God at all. Sometimes we just have to say, okay, I'll be waiting, sir. What about Moses? God calls Moses to free the Israelites. But let Moses wait 40 years in Midian before they return uh, to Egypt. Before God led Israel into the promised land, we know that 40 years went along. Maybe there were some few... People there that didn't believe Moses, maybe just a few. After one year, Moses. What about the promised land? God had spoken. After two years, Moses. After 10 years, after 20 years, after 30 years, Moses. After 30 years, Moses. Can you hear it? It's the same thing for our own life. What about this? What about that? Does God change? Not at all. When God gives a promise, He's not lying. He has all his intention to fulfill that promise. When God gives a promise in your life, we have to adjust to that promise. So maybe we ask questions, so is, is it now or later? You possibly don't get the answer on that one. But you have to find yourself at peace in the waiting So many times people that come to me say can you pray for this so God can fix it and I pray. But I also know inside of me maybe there's some waiting here. Maybe there's a process here. And sometimes I also know it's happening now. Not too many weeks ago I was also a story from my own life. Are you still with me? Good. There was a man... Calling me, he wanted to talk, and uh he came to my house and so we had coffee together and he shared about his life. And I could see when he was uh, walking into my house that he was limping, something was wrong. And he told me, Oh, I have this terrible problem with uh, my back. Discus Discus oh, something bad with the back. Yeah. Um, One of the discs went out here at the back, so you know what that is. Have some tried it? It's painful, really painful, and he was in deep pain. <clears throat> so um, we we shared our life and uh, talked about things, and then in the end we prayed together. And he said, "Can you also pray for this?" I said, "Of course I can," and I I prayed with him, and uh, then. T- Time went on and so on. And uh, I could see that he had tried to call me a couple of times. I didn't reply because I had <laughs> been really busy at that time. So I thought I'd probably meet him uh, at one time anyway. Um, so this man, he shows up in church. And I was preaching that uh, night in our, in our home church. And then he came up to me afterward. And I could see he had something on his heart. I was talking to someone else. But he was standing there also, wanted to say something. And then... Uh, he said to me, um, you know what happened? I said, what happened? Yeah, you prayed for me, and now I'm totally healed. He, he was surprised. Me too. <laughs> I'm honest with you now. But on the other hand, I know my God He can do it. He can do it. You want another story? So, so once in a while I go to the hairdresser, and uh, my hairdresser, he's a Muslim, and um, he is uh, from Syria originally. He had to escape from the war in Syria, and he's a part of uh, Kurdistan, uh, that is not uh, people that have their own place. They had back in history, but they're fighting to get their own land. So he's very spiritually open, and um, it's always good when I when I go to the headrest to say, "Yes, yeah, so I've been a pastor, and now we're doing this missions work with Euroclass," and then we start to have a funny and good conversation. I think uh, sometimes the headrest has been like, "What is this guy all about?" Uh, but 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 this guy, he's really open. So. Um, you know, sometimes you just have to process things with people. You, you don't go all the way at one time. You just, you just take your time. You wait. And now, uh, when I was there last time, I think it was, he said to me, Peter, I had to tell you something. And, and he hadn't, didn't start to cut my hair. He just, I had to tell you something. And I was like, okay, okay. And he said, I had this dream the other night. Yeah, tell me about it. That was, that was a weird dream. Okay. In this dream... I meet a person in white clothes. And then I thought like, ah, I know who that person is, maybe. <laughs> and then I, I tried to, to talk to him about this. So I said, so so, who, who do you think that person is? I don't know. But what did you feel about when you met that person? I've never felt such a peace in my life after I dreamt about this person. Then I knew who it was. So I said to him, do you realize that a lot of your fellow believers, the other Muslim brothers and sisters, they, they, many of them, they experienced the exact same dream. No, he had never heard about it. And then I said to him, do you know what they say it is? What, what they say who he is? No, they say it's Jesus. And then he was very surprised. He almost cut my hair wrong, you know. Because then, 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 he, then he says to me, but Jesus, and then he tells me this weird, weird story about Jesus that he had heard from his dad. It, it was the most outrageous thing I've ever heard. It was, it was so crazy. So that was his version of Jesus. And I said, okay, I have another version of Jesus. Do you want to hear? Yes, I want to hear. And then I told him about the gospel, about Jesus Christ and my experience with Jesus in my life. And I got the opportunity to invite him to church after that. Um, God is at work at this time by his spirit all over the world. And, and, and sometimes God is just showing up where there are no Christians. Because maybe there cannot, be no, there cannot be Christians there. He's moving by his spirit. And when we read about Acts and what is happening in Acts, I'll just take some some few verses later on here it is incredible right but brothers and sisters this is our this is what we stand on this is the life that god has called us to live he has called us to live in a natural way supernatural and what we are doing nowadays is that you and i we write new chapters to acts or do we isn't that what it's all about We continue writing new chapters to Acts. Oh, let me say it another way. I think this is what God has for His church. This is our inheritance. The same Holy Spirit and the power the Holy Spirit has that raised Jesus from the dead is available to us according to our faith, the Bible tells us. So it's there. The supernatural life for us is there. But what, would, what do we do about it? What do we do about it? I think what we can do is to admit that waiting is alright sometimes. Accept that waiting can be good for us because it creates character and it, it stirs up our trust in God. Another thing is that we start to create opportunities. How stupid can I feel when a sick person comes to me and talks about their sickness and I don't say, can I pray for you? How stupid is that? I'm talking for my own life. Maybe you can put yourself in uh, in the position here now. That is really stupid. I believe in the almighty power from heaven that was poured out On Pentecost Day that has spread the gospel to the whole world. Over 3 billion people are following Christ. And then I just say, yeah, get a doctor's appointment. How stupid is that? Are you following me? It's about creating opportunities. That's why we have church. We create opportunities for, for people to come and meet with God. Same thing in our workplace. Same thing in the school. We create opportunities so when we meet people that I need there is something inside of us that says, oh I need to do something about it. I need to tell them about Jesus. I need to pray for them so that they can experience the same thing like me. Let's turn into Acts again. Are you all right? Let's see the result of the Holy Spirit coming on Pentecost Day. It says here, Peter replied in uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. Let's just stop there. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for, point to yourself and say, me and your neighbor, you and open church. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them and he pleaded with them. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Are you ready for 3,000 people here? Let them come. Maybe not at the same time, but I mean, there are a lot of people out there. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is church. And this is our inheritance. This is living supernaturally in a natural way. It is. It is as complicated and at the same time simple as that. What is Peter saying? He is saying, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Wow, that's strong words, right? There's a lot of things that want to hinder us, that want to come upon our life, so we lose the focus. But I want to challenge us to come back on track today. To understand that this is our inheritance, and we continue writing acts together, okay? That that's what that's what I'm for. That's also the reason why I come to Zambia, honestly. That's what I'm after, and and that's what we should be after. I think that's what we should be longing for, um, and. I, I just want to end up with this. While we are waiting on something that is maybe not coming today, we use what we have, right? And we use our time wisely. I, met, I meet so many brothers and sisters that are Christians around the world, and they have this way of living their faith out. If just I could experience this, then I will. That's wrong. Then you start to make arguments with God. So if you can do this, then I will. Brothers and sisters, it's a matter of making ourselves available and say, I use what I have and I use it now. I use it today. I use it this week that is coming. I believe in something that is supernatural. And um, it it is that dimension that I'm, willing to lay my life down for i have done it already by receiving christ in my life i'm not living for myself i'm living for him and i want to see his kingdom established here on earth it is already there i want to be a part of it i want to spread the kingdom where i am i don't want to be a person that is just craving things give me give me give me I say to all my students at Euroclass every year, I say to them, so you want to experience something in life? They say, yes, we want to experience something, Peter. Then I say to them, so start looking at the world and people around you. See all the needs that are there and start doing something about it. That's what Jesus did. And it has changed everything, even your life. Why don't we take up that way of living and follow it today? I know you are doing it fantastically already. We are doing all of us the best way we can, right? And I just w- want us to come back to meet with God today. So can we stand to our feet and say, here I am. And I know that in some areas of your life, there is this waiting and It is taking up so much space in your life that it's actually sometimes destroying things in your faith. And you lose focus. You focus maybe sometimes more on you than on the world around you.